0: But I was sitting in my car preparing and I started crying. Use your voice. Be bold. Speak up.
1: What was the moment where you you said enough is enough. I can't keep up this facade.
0: You would think that that would have been the pivotal moment that I made changes, but it wasn't.
2: Hello, welcome to another episode of the Dre and Smiley The Inner Circle Podcast.
1: All right, so Kev, I'm really ex- excited to have this next guest here. I already quick bio, then we'll jump into it. So, Carmen Olang is a holistic life coach, speaker, podcast host, and former corporate executive with a strong media presence. She has been featured on renowned outlets like Fox News and various podcasts, focusing on business, well-being, and women-centric topics. Carmen's global travels as the founder of the Flow Academy and the Permission Slip Retreat aim to address women's crucial issues and empower individuals to tap into their automatic power for a more fulfilling life. Diagnosed with multiple sclerosis at 25, Carmen embarked on a journey to break free from self-imposed limitations, burnout, and unfulfillment. Her approach involves simplifying complex concepts into actionable steps, fostering love and transformation in people's lives and creating a positive ripple effect worldwide. So with that, Carmen, welcome to the podcast.
0: Mm, thank you. I think I could listen to your voice, Dre, like all day long. I was like, "Ooh his his voice." Your your reading speaking voice was different than just like your interacting voice, and I was like, mm, "Tell me more about myself." Lots
1: of practice, lots of practice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so every time I need a bio read, I'm going to be like, "Yeah, uh, Dre, you. yeah, I yeah, need you to do you. this for <laughs> me. Mm-hmm. I got you.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> got you." <laughs> Awesome. So, so, so let me ask you this. So starting out, um, as, as I read your bio there, right? I, I think back about all of us in our lives, once we become adults, there's usually some pivotal moment. Oftentimes, there'd be a couple pivotal moments, right? Where we're just kind of like, whoa, this is, a, you know, my life's going to change from here going forward. It sounds like for you, having multiple sclerosis at 25, was a critical, pivotal pivotal moment in your life. Talk to me about that. Mm,
0: I love this question because you would think that that would have been the pivotal moment that I made changes, Mm. but it wasn't. Okay. Yeah. So what that really did for me actually was it made me continue to build an identity a false identity for myself based on um what i thought i should be based on society mm. expectations because in that moment, in, in, when I was 25, I, we had a family young. I was in my corporate career. I was wearing the black suit every day. I was in corporate leadership, and we had the house, and I was doing all the things that I thought I should be doing. And so when I was diagnosed, it wasn't the pivotal moment of, oh, my gosh, I need to do something different. It was, oh, my gosh, what if someone finds out? They're going to think less of me. They're, I'm going to get passed over for promotions. People mm. are thinking that I'm going to need help and I'm going to need handouts. And people are going to think that I'm weak and not strong. And so I actually doubled down on hiding that from people. And so what it did inside of me, though, was I was hiding that from people, all from but like two people. And so it was like holding shame inside, right, because I wasn't telling anybody. And then I was going into this deeper, darker depression because the first year of my diagnosis, I committed to taking this medication where you have to inject yourself three times a week, and it left marks all over my body. And I would sit there. On my bedroom floor, getting ready to give myself an injection. And I don't know if you know about giving injections, but it's either intramuscular, where you go uh, into the muscle, or subcutaneous, where it's right under the skin. So, what I did is I did a subcutaneous one with an auto injector, which means you just push a button and it goes just ding right into your skin. But I would sit there and agonize it over it and agonize over it, not being able to do it because it was this constant reminder of, hey, tomorrow you might not be able to walk, talk, or see. And so for me, I was hiding it and I was going into what I didn't know at the time, but like a deeper, darker depression, but then pretending that everything was perfect on the outside.
1: Mm. Wow. Wow. So, so how did you overcome that? What, what was the moment where you, where you said enough is enough. I can't keep up this facade.
0: Mm, Yeah. I remember the moment sitting on my bedroom floor in that same spot right next to my sharp red sharps container just not being able to give myself the shot again. And instead of talking myself into it and being my cheerleader to take this medicine that always made me feel like I had the flu three times a week, and when the nurse came to tell me how to use it, this was her sales pitch. Okay, Carmen, so they don't know how it works, but it's been proven to – Um, slow the progression of MS in about 44% of people. And I was like, what? They don't know how it works and it's only 40%. 44%? Why why am I even – what is this? Why am I even taking this? And so in that moment, I did what – something that I coach on now is I gave myself permission to pause Mm. and not do what I thought I should be doing, or what I had to be doing, and not try to logically figure it out anymore, but just like tap into my body, tap into my inner knowing, tap into what like God is telling me. And it was really like, you don't need to be taking this medication anymore. But it was scary because, you know, you're 25 and at 25, you usually like the doctors know everything, which I know that to be not true, right? Um, But the doctors know everything. And so I told my husband, Joel, like I wasn't going to take the medicine. It was scary Mm. for him as well. Um, But we tested it out. And so I started more on a health journey of finding holistic ways to heal, healing my gut, starting to Mm. eat gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free starting to do things like put on more muscle on my body, starting to reduce stress, starting to do all of these things which – now, in turn, I teach other people to do because I've done it myself. But it was really that moment of like the whisper that turned into like the yell of you mm. need to do something different. And, it, and it, was a, it, was a, it was a ways. So I had to take that journey for myself. And then I got some certifications. And then I started helping other people while I was in my corporate career. And I would say uh, the next pivotal moment was when I left my corporate career.
2: So to explain and expand on that a little bit, because I was wondering, say you're a coach Mm -hmm. now and you just brought us up to leaving corporate America. What would you say as a coach if you were to met yourself at 25 and you could could look at her and say, that's where I was at that time. Mm -hmm. There may be a listener now who's in corporate America who was dealing with the same thing who doesn't want to share because of promotions. And I think the word is imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. because they're hiding and not being their authentic self. What would you say as a coach to say, I've been there. I'll, this is what I, I see your future or I know where you are. This is how we can help where you can get into your own self and getting to knowing yourself. So you are who you're supposed to be. What's the first step for that? So
0: the first step, and I teach all my one-on-one clients, and I also teach because I have a holistic life coaching academy where I certify other holistic life coaches. It's called Flow Academy. So the foundational work and the first thing that we do is it's not me telling you what to do or saying this is what you need to do. It's helping people, guiding people to create space to create margin, to create white space, to have capacity in their life so they have an opportunity to get really, really clear on what it is they want in this season of their life. Because most people, we go through life, you go through high school and you go through college and you get your job and you keep adding and adding and adding and adding things, but you forget as we go through our life and seasons change, we need to let things go too. Because if we're constantly adding things, then we can no longer hear that still small voice, that inner knowing. We're no longer operating out of our own authenticity. We're just doing what we see externally. And so what I would tell myself at 25 is like, Carmen, you don't even have room to breathe right now. And I usually start it with this question. So the question is very elusive and most people cannot answer it straight ahead. What do you want? Ooh. And people go, "Well, Ooh. what what do you mean? Like for my business or my, you know, and they start saying all these things and then they start deflecting and talking about what they want for their family and for other people." And I'll say, "Oh, that's great, but what do you want as a as a what do you want as an individual, as a person?" And so that really opens the door to be like, "Hmm, you know, I haven't really thought about that." And I do need space and capacity to think about that. So we start thinking about like, what season of life are we in? What's most important to me? What are my priorities? How can I create some of this space to figure out what I do want? Or maybe even a step further is what is that calling and what is that assignment that I'm getting on my life to be able to even help others and so that I can do that, so that I can have the capacity to even think about it. That would be the first step.
2: No, I like that. And you know what? Um, when I, when you said, what do you want? It's like a t-shirt. <laughs> what do you want? Mm-hmm. It's just like here, right in your mm-hmm. face. So going back to the beginning, when you mentioned you were leaving corporate America, what was the catalyst that says, you know what? I'm done. Buy nine to five, buy corporate ladder. I'm going to do something else because my path is not in corporate America for 40 years
0: Right, that that catalyst was me sitting in my car preparing for my morning meeting with my sales team because I was successful in my corporate job. You know, uh, multiple promotions. I would train and hire my peers. You know, earning over six figures. All of the things that everybody thinks that they want. You know, the great retirement and all of the benefits. But I was sitting in my car preparing, and I started crying. And it wasn't something that I actually did very often because oftentimes. I was always what I like to call like vanilla or in the middle, which means you're always fine. You only say yes to things that you're good at so you know that you can achieve them. So you never actually have growth because you never stretch yourself to greatness or exceptional because you're never failing. And so I was sitting in my car crying, put myself together, of course led my team for the day, right? Like I did. And then came home and told my husband what happened. And he goes, well, what's wrong? And this is something that I don't allow people to say, but I did have a a backup to it. I said, I don't know, because Mm. oftentimes we do know, we just need to Mm. dig in a little bit deeper. I said, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And so Mm. in that finding out was – What I know now is I was using my gifts that God has given me because I was coaching people and I was seeing them where they're at, making them feel seen and heard in my corporate job, and then allowing them to grow within the company. But I wanted to do it differently. I wanted to do it where I wasn't operating so much out of alignment that I was more congruent with who I was as a person from a place of kindness and love. Not that I was doing that, but in my corporate job, I was in my masculine energy most of the time. I was... I never took breaks. You know, I was always the one go, 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 go. No one wanted to work for me, but once they did, they found out. They enjoyed it, but from the outside, it looked like highest expectations ever. Ooh. Like they secretly called me Cruella Deville. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I know, and so I'm like, "That's not." But I would go home and I'd be like, "That's not me. That's not me." Right. And so that right. moment, crying in the car, and what I know now is really this this incongruency of who I truly was. So setting mm. off from there, it was really scary to give a month's notice and to leave. And I started following my initial dream of helping people with nutrition. And that's Mm. how I started my coaching practice in the business that I have today, which I just Mm. keep listening and observing to what people need and what I need in my life. And Mm. it's really formed what I do today.
1: Nice. So let's talk about that. So I referenced uh, in the bio your Flow Academy, uh, the Permission Slip Retreat, and the fact that you're a holistic life coach. Let me start mm-hmm. with, with the last one. What's the difference between a holistic life coach and a regular life coach? I My, my guess, and, and, and tell me if, I, if I'm right here, if I were just to guess, I do this with, with my kids. I, well, I mm-hmm. tell them, well, break it down. You know what You know this means. You know what that means. So I'm going to try and break it down. Tell me how I do. Okay. Okay. So I'm guessing a holistic life coach is a life coach that takes an approach where you're looking at Every aspect of the individual's life, whether it's you know health, um, you know job, uh, and versus just kind of like let's coach you through your life, you know let's look at every aspect that impacts your life. Is that, is that fair? Is that uh,
2: how'd I do? Or, uh, go ahead, let, yeah. let me define. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Me, I like that. This, this so is great. Uh, okay. So, so <laughs> yeah. So I, when I hear when I hear the word holistic, I think of it more of uh, emotional, spiritual psychological nutritional and work-life balance
0: yeah so all of the above everything both of you said jesus tells me <laughs>
2: <laughs> everybody's right nobody's wrong
0: everybody's
1: right. <laughs> like, thank, thank, you for, thank you for being gentle with our egos <laughs>
0: I no, but every, <laughs> <laughs> um, you both put it together so beautifully, and so it's taking a look at all aspects of life. Because what I was finding, it was like I was collecting evidence and doing research when I was just doing nutrition. What I was finding is people's these. They would come to me, and they would start telling me about all of the things, all of their relationships, and their work, and their spirituality, and their health, and their this, and their you know. And so I was like, oh, interesting. So I. I would do this thing where I would make secret goals for them um, Mm. separate from their nutrition. And then at the end, I I would put that back to them. Okay, we started here and look at how much your confidence increased, your relationships and your communication has gotten better. And so that's where the term holistic life coach came from. And over the decade, I've really put together uh, practices, tools, resources, all of these things that I've used with my hundreds, thousands of clients that I have spent one on one or group time with. And now I put that into. Flow Academy so people can learn how to do that because you know what happens what happens when you focus really hard on one area of your life some of the other areas Fall off, and so we want to see how can we. And I'm going to change what you said. That and should I call you Kev? Kevin Smiley. What should I call? Smiley. Smiley. (laughs) I was like, I'm just going to make something up here, real quick, like mix it together. Um. He'll
1: answer answer to anything. Trust me.
2: I'm just glad to be called. (laughs) Um,
0: Um. Geez. Now I. Now I. Oh, what you said about work-life balance. That's where I was going with that. Um, you guys are so much fun. I lost my train of thought there for a second. Was I don't think there is such a thing as work-life balance. I think it's about um, integrating. So the steps to personal growth as I see it is, one, becoming self-aware. So whatever we need to come self-aware around, and how we take a holistic approach to that is we look at all of the different areas of our life. So my spirituality, my free time and hobbies, my health, my finances, my business, my career, my family, my significant other, my personal growth. What is my life rating on that? Do a little life audit. On a scale of 1 to 10, you can't give yourself a 7, and then... Because seven is like the, you know, the answer that everybody wants to give, right? Um, And so then we look at the areas that are really scored really high. Okay, what can we do to continue to cultivate those? And the areas that were low, what can we do to like help with those? And how can we focus in on one of those areas in order to gain personal self-awareness around that? What are my beliefs? Mm -hmm. What are my subconscious beliefs? Are the stories that I'm telling myself? What do I want in this area? And then you get curious and you start implementing things and you figure out how it works for you. And then you integrate it once you figure out how it works for you. And then that integration process goes back to the other areas that are really, you're being successful and feel really fulfilled in life at. And you continue to cultivate that. And then we focus on something different.
1: Love it. Love it. So talk to me more about the Flow Academy and the part that plays in this, this process.
0: Yeah. So a few years ago, I God really told me like, Carmen, you have to be the one. Like, be the one. Okay, you need to start creating this ripple effect because I had set mm-hmm. this goal of impacting the lives of 100,000 women. And now I do that sometimes in larger um venues like when I do keynotes on stage for hundreds or thousands of people but I wasn't getting there very quickly like reaching that goal just doing one-on-one coaching my one-on-one coaching is um very specific and it's very unique and personal so I would only take 10 people at a time and so if I have 10 or 20 people a year we're not getting to a hundred thousand so I was like okay how are we going to be the one it's like be the one to show the world how great life truly is and that's my focusing on feeling good every day So I was like, we need to create this ripple effect. And so it was like, use your voice, be bold, speak up. And I was like, oh, I see what you're saying. You want me to teach other people what I do and my methodology that's proven and it works. And so the main people that I work with are women who are leaders, coaches, and entrepreneurs. And so I created Flow Academy all around that. So I took the best of what has been proven to work with my clients, leaders coaches and entrepreneurs enter flow academy and then they do the work on themselves first Because nobody wants the coach that hasn't done the work on themselves first. And that's actually a requirement of Flow Academy graduates to do continuing education so they're always doing the work on themselves. That's what makes them great coaches. And then the second part of Flow Academy is we learn all the coaching tools and methodologies and even how to start a business from myself and some of my peers and some of the best guest experts that we could so that when you leave – Flow Academy, you won. You have a holistic life coaching certification and a business that you can start from that day because you have all the tools and resources or you just have the tools and resources that you can use in your current position. Maybe it's a corporate job. Maybe it's you're already an entrepreneur and you want to up level. We have everyone from a speech language pathologist to a human design expert to someone that just wants to be wants to be a life coach um, within Flow Academy. So it's very comprehensive, but it's also creating a community. So now I'm creating this community of coaches that are creating that ripple effect. Well, this year I heard Carmen, good job with the ripple effect, but now it needs to be mm. a wave. So it needs to be bigger. <laughs> like, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> right, um, right, so right. this community of coaches where it's just like, I want to invite you to be the one to show the world how great life truly is. Okay. How do I do that? You just need to focus on feeling good every day. And I mean, that sounds mm. really simple, but that's really the basic, basic idea of it.
1: I love it. So tell me this, Carmen, Is I hear um, would you have what you've created it sounds incredible it sounds remarkable just to help illustrate how well it works can you share a memorable success story um, from your co- coaching arena that kind of illustrates you know The impact of what you do on individuals or groups. Any memorable Mm. success story that comes to mind? Yeah.
0: Um, Oh my gosh, so many. Okay, recently I actually had the opportunity. I was traveling to Oregon, and two of the graduates from Flow Academy collaborated together to create this event. It was a cold plunge event. Um, Mm. So. Uh, They're both life coaches, and they wanted to create this courage and confidence, and so they got these cold plunges, and so I came, and I just wanted to cry the whole time, but to witness not only the women that were there at the event that was curated by these two women that went through Flow Academy, the women that were at the event, and this is that ripple effect, that wave, that's why I'm sharing this, is they were like, I never knew that I could do that. I had so much more confidence. Like afterwards, I can do so many more things in my life. Just by coming to this one event, They, those women invested like 30, 40 bucks in themselves. They got in this cold tank for five minutes. We coached them through it. Um, but that wouldn't have been possible if those two women didn't say yes to themselves, didn't work on themselves, didn't go through Flow Academy. And then these other 20 women have that opportunity to then create that in their life too, for it to be the catalyst for their life. And so mm. that's really the ripple effect. I remember after a retreat, let's see what year we had, last year in Tulum, one of the women left that retreat She signed up for Flow Academy, but even in advance of starting Flow Academy, she held a virtual event. She's never done anything like this before in her life. Hundreds of people joined this virtual event where she brought in other practitioners from a holistic mindset, health, all these different areas to come in and just impact these people. And she was like, wow, I never knew that I was capable of doing that, but also those lives that she impacted hundreds of people just by being inspired by being at this retreat. And I want to go back to what you asked me at first is the reason that she got that information and got so inspired is because she took herself out of the everyday to be able to have the capacity in the white space Mm. to really know what was right for her. And she knew that that was right for her and was able to do that. No, I could go on and on probably with these stories. I, I don't know how many you want. <laughs> no,
2: no,
1: I love it. I love it. It's great. It's great.
2: Tell, tell me this. You mentioned Flow Academy, and it seems like it's exclusively for women. But do men approach you and say, I need some coaching, I need some confidence? Or do you have a brother academy that you send someone to? Like when you talk to your men, they're like, here, this is my friend. Go to their coaching thing, not mine or how does that work
0: So interestingly enough this whole year I've known that I'm supposed to take like this sabbatical like time away when I'm not working and so I didn't know this was coming but I've been had a had a book like You know, God kept saying, write a book, write a book, write a book, and I kept pushing it down. And so Mm -hmm. this year I went to Tulum just in July, actually July, August, and I spent a month in Tulum writing my book. And during that time, I Mm -hmm. actually was interviewing people because my book is um, Unraveling the Rush. So finding freedom in your chaotic life, right, in such a fast-paced life. So this is what I'm writing about. And I'm also interviewing people while I'm there. It just happened to be most of the people that I was interviewing were men. And a couple of them Mm -hmm. actually asked me that same question. So I thought, hmm, okay, well, let me sit with that. Let me ask for some guidance. Am I supposed to be having men? Maybe i meant to have men in Flow Academy as well because I always want to be open. The, The worst thing that we can do to any growth, whether that's personal growth, relationship growth, business growth, is say that we already know. And so we close ourselves off, right? It's being open, always being open, seeing with fresh eyes, having an open heart. So I came home with this idea of like, okay, I'm going to sit with this. Unbeknownst to me, while I was gone, my husband decided that he was going to join a group mastermind program and he was going to start doing something in addition to what he's already doing. So he's serving people through massage therapy. If you guys are ever in Miami Beach, you got to come in, you got to get the massage. It is the best. Like his energy, like, yeah, it's great. But he has actually decided, and I, I have not pushed him on this. I have not coached him on this. I don't coach him at all. I do my thing. He does his thing. He is studying right now to be a life coach.
1: Check that out. Uh, Separate from
0: me. That is so cool. But also Uh using me as a resource. Yeah. And so that's the guidance, right? I thought it was for me. Sometimes we think it's for me. I was like, oh, maybe that's for me. It's not for me. That was for him. Mm. And now we can come together and like do things as couples too.
2: That's awesome. That's all awesome. oh, that is so cool. so so, when you think about it, because you mentioned the women, so let's look at it from a holistic global perspective. Are you finding you have coach women from Latin America, from Europe, from Canada, from Africa, from Asia? or is it mostly US women or is it global your your academy? Yeah, category?
0: so right now I see it I see it growing globally. So thank you for that. Thank mm-hmm. you for putting a stamp on my vision and what we're growing. And it's more than just an academy, it's a community, it's a movement. It's like I said, being the one to show the world how great life truly is. And so it's this movement of women that can do this together. Right now all the all the people that are enrolled and all the graduates have been from the United States. So I have done work internationally as far as like taking my retreats internationally, um, but nothing yet with flow Academy. And I'm looking so forward to it. So thank you for declaring that done for me.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: No, no, yeah. Cause I was just wondering, because it seems like with, with the topics and the, the messaging that you promote, it could resonate with anyone on mm-hmm. the planet, male and female mm-hmm. uh, from anywhere. So it, it's like you say, getting back to cleaning up your space, creating space. Mm -hmm. And we all can do that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's awesome. Mm, Thank you. So when you think about it, no, no, that's cool. So when you coach for Flow Academy, is there any age requirements? Like you mentioned, you were going through something when you were 25. You say, we don't take high schoolers, we don't take college kids, or we start at 30 or what are the requirements to become a, a Flow Academy participant? Mm.
0: The requirements are being willing and open. And I haven't had to turn mm. anybody away yet. I have had women in their mm. 20s. I have had women in their 60s. So that's kind of the the age range so far. And like I said, I'm really open to what's possible because it is a movement. Um our daughter she's 21 and she comes to a lot of my in-person events that i host and it's just fun to see her and see her in her growth and it's not something i say you you have to or you should go to this if she says hey can i come to that of course she can you know and so it's just every just always remembering that everybody's always on their own own journey and the more we say you should do this you need to do this the more they're not they're not going to do it so there's no age restrictions but it really takes a willingness so if and I want the, the group to be, because it, it's ran like a cohort, and so it, it opens again in uh, on September 25th, uh, 2023 for enrollment, and then we start on October 10th and it's weekly sessions so you have a weekly podcast a weekly workbook and then a weekly in-person like like a live session with zoom with the group so i want the energy of the group to be very expansive and transformational also authentic and vulnerable so if there was a time when that wasn't happening you know i'm not afraid of asking people to leave to refunding their money Um, i want people to have the most transformational expansive experience possible
2: one one last one last question. So it's twenty thirty three. It's twenty forty three. Carmen Flow Academy Elon's already on Mars. (laughs) Academy in space. Where, if you if you go out that far, where do you see yourself at 2033?
0: Yeah. So my husband Joel and I, we just created a new shared vision that we never knew we wanted until this year. So we live in Miami Beach. He grew up in California and Stockton. And I grew up in Oregon. And my grandparents have a century farm there in Oregon. And None of my aunts and uncles want to run it or take it over or anything like that. Most of the land is leased out. Uh, my grandfather passed away a few years ago and my grandma's still alive. But what I see, what we saw happening was my uh, grandma passing away and then it all being sold and not staying in the family. And so we just started the conversation to see what it would be like if we could buy the home and a little bit of the acreage. But it, it goes further than that. It goes into creating spaces and places where people could come for healing, for slowing down, for learning how to uh, farm to table meals, for h- having conversations worth having, listening and observing and feeling seen and safe. And so all of that, yeah, maybe retreats and my husband could do massage there. And then as far as Flow Academy, Flow Academy would really be ran by the community. So not only would I be coaching, but there would be other coaches and it would just create this global effect of people focusing on feeling good every day and showing up and just impacting others merely by their presence. People tell me all the time, you just have like this thing, this way about you, you know, it's like, cause you cultivate it on the inside. It's like the inner peace and calmness, no matter what's happening on the outside, it's okay. Right. Cause there's nothing wrong with me, nothing wrong with you or nothing wrong with life. It just is. And we're all here to get curious and to have fun and to share love and joy and all of that together. So that's what I see 10, 20, 30 years out.
1: That's great. That's great. So before we get into the final four, here's one other question for you. You've shared a lot. What's well, You seem like to be pretty much an open book. But what's one thing mm-hmm. that most people don't know about you that you wish they did?
0: Mm. That what that they that I wish they did. I am really an open book. My initial thing was I was gonna say that I don't like hot dogs or donuts, but some people do know that, and people are like, "Weird, isn't that like an American thing?" That and I don't I don't like them, so I don't know why I, that came to my head initially. Okay. The, the okay. second thing was. Um, Here's, here's a really good one because I was doing some speaking training for some, of, some people in my community the other day because I do speaking, um, and I love it, but back when, I hated it. I remember going through college and I was signing up for like interpersonal communication, uh, death and dying, any types of those humanity classes where I didn't have to stand up in front of people and talk. I would get so nervous. My palms would sweat. I remember Mm. one time I was talking in one of my business classes and I knew my stuff like I was on it on this uh, report that I was doing, but I was so nervous. Like I was almost like shaking on the inside. I was so nervous and so, what I want people to know is that you don't always start out giving, you know, being like bat a thousand, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't start out mm-hmm. being the best speaker or the best coach. But what I did start out doing was willingness to try. And most people don't ever try because they want confidence first. Mm-hmm. But confidence doesn't come first, courage comes first. And you get curious, you take the courage. To have the curiosity and then collect the evidence what works for you and that builds confidence. And so I think that's what I would want people to know was I haven't always been the outgoing one, the one that wants to speak on stages. I never wanted to do that. In fact, my mom put me in beauty pageants when I was like eight and I got up there with the mic and I couldn't say anything. Mm. I did not win.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise.
2: (laughs) Wow. That's that's cool. Well, for the first final four question, imagine yourself sitting at a table, a restaurant, a nice restaurant in Miami Beach or Brickell, and you have three empty chairs. Who's sitting at the dinner table with you and why? You're in one and the three others who and why, alive or dead?
0: Mm. Warren Buffett, Rachel mm. Ray, and my grandpa, but somehow Gary Payton Sr. slides in a chair too. Um, whoa, so- whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: <laughs> 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 okay. I'm yeah, all ears. I'm attaching my seat. <laughs>
0: so I think Warren Buffett is, um, you know, often overlooked for uh, his simplicity
2: mm.
0: and yes. how he is. Such a smart man has had made so many great decisions and such a big impact on our economy and finance with Berkshire Hathaway. But also how he's humble and it's not about things, right? It's about like impact. Mm. Um, Rachel Ray, I have loved Rachel Ray ever since Thirty Minute Meals. So I grew up kind of on the fast. Were you guys in the fast food growing up? Like you ate a lot of fast food. Um, well, my I was mom, in college. Okay. My mom was not the best cook. So I have two, two, I have my mom. And then my um, dad has been married to my stepmom since I was really little, since I was like six. So my stepmom cooked, but my mom didn't cook very often. So it was always fast food. So my husband and I, we have two kids, a son and and a daughter. And so I made a commitment that I was going to start cooking food and make like real with real food, not like box stuff. I remember once my son was Mm -hmm. like, "Can we just have Hamburger Helper?" And I was like, "How do I even make this?" (laughs) Um, But (laughs) I taught myself how to cook by watching Rachel Ray's thirty-minute meals. And if you haven't followed her at all, she just stopped doing her show. It's still on like repeats and stuff, but. She has always been so authentic. She gives Mm -hmm. back. I mean, she has the kindest heart. She is so peaceful. She talks about taking care of yourself, but having fun and still having the pleasures of life. Um, And then my grandpa, he passed away a few years ago, and I was so, so blessed to be in a position that. And my husband too, um, for the last like five or so years of their lives, we were in a position where we had made our own schedules. And so we could go out there and spend a lot of time with him. And Mm. he's just always with me and my angel. And so I just want to talk to him more now that he sees me. And I just want to see like what he thinks. And and then Gary Payton. So I grew up in Oregon and Gary Payton Sr. went to Oregon State University. And he was my all-time favorite basketball player. I remember I had this poster. Um, it said, Peyton's place, plain, perfect point among the pines. Boom. Say that 12
2: times fast. Um, wow. And, I love um,
0: it. Anyway, so I I'd never had an NBA team, but I followed oh. Gary Payton. And do you know what the team was that he played last, where he won a championship before he retired?
1: Uh, was, was it the Heat?
0: It was the Heat. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, I became a Heat fan long before I moved to Miami Beach. But I still follow Gary Payton, and I follow Gary Payton Jr. and, like, his Mm. bouncing around and and that sort of thing. But, yeah, Gary Payton's my favorite basketball player. I remember um, – Peyton Jr. was playing at Oregon State and we got to go. And then I saw Gary Peyton Sr. down. Da- I like ran down there. I like had okay. something, you know, a magazine, his sports illustrated right. for him to sign. And he, there, the bodyguard's like, no more signatures. And I thought oh. to myself, screw that. Oh, I got right. in there. <laughs> like, I got the signature. <laughs> I got I the love autograph.
1: It. I love it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. What's been your greatest success?
0: Hmm. Being able to live from a place of peace and love and showing others to do the same. I really love that question I was thinking about. I think we should all, like each year, just like when we measure our goals, I think we should all evaluate how we're measuring success because it's really easy to get wrapped up in the societal expectations of measuring success, right? Reward, achievement, physical, you know, possessions, money. And I was thinking the other day after um, we went to the Beyonce concert in Vegas. And prior to that, I was in Oregon and we were at our sister's wedding and I had stayed up late and I, I don't normally stay up that late. And so multiple days in a row, I stayed up late and it took me a while to recover from that and to feel good again. And I thought, you know, one of my measurements of success is waking up each and every day with energy and enthusiasm. Like how would your life change if that was the only thing that you focused on? And then what would be the things that you need to do each and every day in order for that to happen? So anyway, Side I feel like I, just got a, I feel like
1: I just got a <laughs> mini coaching session. <laughs> right. Uh, <you> know, <laughs> that was great. But, but that makes sense though. You know, if, if, And I think about that because I'm, I'm an early riser. Mm-hmm. And one of the things right. I really enjoy is getting up early and accomplishing tasks and looking at the clock and realizing, oh, it's only 9.30. Mm. You know the energy, getting up with energy, just you mm-hmm. know, ready to go every morning. Those days I don't get up early, ready to go, I do feel like, you know, I, I'm missing something. Like, like I'm, I'm the rest of the day is kind of offbeat. But yeah, yeah, I, I think there is something to that. Getting up with energy mm-hmm. and, and, and using that to measure as a measurement. You know, if you simply do, do that one thing, get up with energy, with excitement, ready to go, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. one thing can pretty much impact your entire day. I like that.
0: It can. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you think about it, that means you have to go to bed at a good time. That means you have to, you know, start feeding yourself and taking care of your body because most people neglect taking care of themselves. But really, if you think about it, if you're calling your dream, your vision is up here, you know, you're only going to make it to the level your body can take it. And most people, that's the reason why they can't get there because they're not taking care of themselves. But also, again, you have to have that space because you have to have the clarity on what you want. Or else you're not going to be able to wake up with energy and enthusiasm because you're going to be in that unfulfilled place.
1: I feel like I'm about to get yeah, a bill Alex, for a coaching was... session. This has been great. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to be checking my, my mailbox for a couple of weeks just in case the bill comes. Because the content, I mean, this is the stuff you're sharing, Carmen, it's common sense, right? But it's things that we don't allow us, ourselves to think mm-hmm. about. You know, I think we're so caught up in the day-to-day, you know, the, the rat race that we don't, pause. We want to take a pause mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier on to reflect on these things that would allow us to really feel like we're accomplishing our goals. Like we we're like like we're even setting goals that are realistic, et cetera. So everything you're saying is resonating with yeah. me.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that.
2: Oh, me too. I Good. charge us double because I'm doing
1: this. <laughs> so. Well,
0: remember, Dre's gonna be doing all of my bios. That's now
1: right. That's on. right. We're gonna do yeah. exchange. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, bought, it, bought yeah. system. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. This, this, do this, it. Is, this is perfect. <laughs> we'll just trade.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Well, the third, the third final four question is, what is your superpower? What is uniquely you? Superman flies. The Hulk has his strength. Gary Payton could dribble the ball. So what was your superpower? (laughs) (laughs) Or what is your
0: superpower? Gary Payton was the best. He was the glove. So defense is his thing. Although something I coach on is being not just playing defense in your life, but actually switching to playing offense. But side note, I love superpowers. I actually have a superpower quiz on my website people can take for free to uncover their superpowers, which is really cool. So CarmenOling.com for that. Um, but my superpower is energy. And so let me explain Mm -hmm. what I mean by that. So energy is not just like having physical energy in your body, but it's being able to read the energy of people, their spiritual energy, their energy around them, their, their confidence. Like I can walk into any room and I can read the energy. I could say like, I, I, I always say like, I should be a corporate consultant because I could walk in and I could tell you right now what you need to do in order to make more revenue, right? If you have like a brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. And so reading energy, but in in turn, I'm able to sit with someone and they feel confident and comfortable with me because I make them feel safe and seen. And as humans, we all wanna be safe, seen, soothed and secure. But because at some point in our life, we someone told us we weren't good enough or we didn't feel that way, we started building this identity of who we think that we should be and wearing this armor all the time. And so we're not actually doing that. And so I can sit with somebody. And because of my gift of energy, it's like reciprocal. I just show up and like it just radiates from me. My light radiates to the other people. They feel uplifted just by being by me. Then they feel safe enough to be themselves. And it's so magical because the most magical part of our human existence is shared vulnerability. And most people are only surface level. And so if you want a surface level life that's going to be vanilla and fine, like I talked about before, great. But I don't want that. And so many people are seeking for more than that now.
2: When you said you said seen, safe. And what was the third word you said?
0: Soothed and secure.
2: Soothe. Yeah. oh, so yeah soothed oh, okay. like, yeah um, kind okay. of nasally okay, that yeah makes sense. so
0: if you think all about right, there's awesome. different ways that we soothe ourselves right if something happens mm-hmm. we need to know what we soothe with because sometimes those things are things that we soothe with that maybe aren't that great awesome mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. thank
1: you that. okay so um I'm, 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 I'm like trying to process all this like you know I'll, I'll take it all in and as, as we try to keep this moving forward but um
0: You'll just have to have I'm, me back and we could jam on sure. like, a, a specific topic and then people yeah, could really yeah. have like tangible Definitely. takeaways. Yeah, yeah. For
1: sure, for sure. I know you're working on a book, uh, Unraveling the Rush. The Rush. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, um, that's not an auto autobiography. Am I correct about that? It's not an autobiography.
0: Um, it's a teaching memoir. So it's a, okay. st- some of my stories, some of my client's stories, some of other people's stories. And also um, stories are the way that people can find themselves in it. And, and so it's a sure. way to teach. Mm-hmm.
1: So if you were to write a, 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 you know, authentic, you know, typical autobiography, right? What would the title be?
0: <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would my title be be the one
2: love it be the one yeah be the one be Why? the
0: one because most people won't go first most people won't step out on faith and courage most people won't do that we want something but we won't do it for ourselves we want new friendships but we won't be the one to like set the date We want to do something. We want something to change in the world, but we can't even make a change in our community that we live in. Be the one.
2: Be the one. I love it. Well, Carmen, this has been most enlightening, most informative, and we really appreciate you taking the time to share your wisdom, your knowledge, your experiences. And I know I've taken a lot of things and I'll be pondering today. What do I want? Other than some property and some real estate, i, mean, I got to figure out what's internally do I want. I like that question. So I will ponder that the rest of the afternoon. So thank you for being here. And thanks for sharing your, your time with us.
0: Mm, thank you for having me. And I expect to hear back on on what you want, right? So a good question to <laughs> okay. ask yourself is, okay, when I get the property, then how will I feel? And when I feel that way, then what? So so like the, the two words, so that, get the property, so that. And then you'll put something else. And then so, and then so So that, that. yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And you just kind of like dig into a few, yeah, a few different layers because we all are up here in our logical brain. Okay. Properties in our logical brain. And so that, or kind of like build, like how will I feel? And those kind of questions drop you down into your heart space where we really want to be, because it's not really that you want the property, but how will you feel when you have the property? Maybe you'll have more freedom, right? Or a bigger opportunity to serve. i I'm, I'm uncertain, but yeah, I want to say thank you to you both too. This yeah. was our first time meeting and you both have amazing energy, just the light that exudes from each of you as well. And so having this podcast is such an amazing opportunity to, for people to come and connect with you because what you're putting off, like they get that too. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for authentically sharing your light. And if anybody wants to connect with me, the best place is Instagram probably at Carmen Oling, O-H-L-I-N-G. I I do have a podcast. It's called the Permission Slip Podcast and Flow Academy. I don't know when this is going to come out, but that could be an opportunity for people as well. So, oh, and the superpower quiz on my website. That's always a fun one. CarmenOling.com for that. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Carmen, you're clearly the one. Thanks for being on the podcast.
0: Mm, Thank you.